Welcome to Reboot for Connection, the podcast dedicated to understanding connection at work. This is where we talk to leaders, communications professionals, and other subject matter experts about how organizations are now intentional about designing for connection in the workplace. Real connection to people, mission, and the work itself. We explore what can be achieved when this is approached as a strategic initiative. My name is Jürgen Abo, and this podcast is brought to you by ScreenCloud. Now, let's get into the good stuff. All right. This awesome guest spent almost nine years at Deloitte in New York, where she accidentally fell into data and became a data visualization expert. Since then, she's founded Story by Data, and this year, the Dedicated Academy, where she teaches thousands of people how to effectively tell visual stories with data. I'm so pleased to welcome and to pronounce Kate Strashny. Did we get it right? You got it right. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, um, we here, here in the marketing world that I represent and in the overall kind of business landscape, we hear a lot of talk about story. And I wanted to ask you right away, what does story mean to you in the context of data? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. You know, for me, a story in the data realm is essentially communicating any type of message, either visually or verbally, that's data-driven or backed or data-informed or backed with data. All right, so we're gonna talk a lot about data visualization. Um, I have a limited knowledge on this topic, but my understanding is that the actual visualization part is perhaps a relatively small part compared to the rest of the process. Can you tell us basically how that breaks down and what the other work leading up to the data visualization actually is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this will highly depend on the companies that you're working with along with the data that you're actually given to work with, right? Because if the data is really um, unstructured or not clean or not standardized, you're going to have to spend a lot more time getting all of that cleaned up. So we start with that and, you know, we work around the context to ask data questions from that data. See, do we have the data to back up and answer those questions, right? So we do a bit of data gathering. Once we've gathered the data that's necessary, you know, either from internal sources or external sources or a combination of the two, actually they have to go through a process of cleaning that data and making sure that it's in the right shape and format for us to analyze. Typically at that stage, you would, you know, put that data into some sort of data visualization tool or business intelligence software, you know, use some programming languages to go ahead and start asking those data questions. And at that point is where you really start the visual, the data visualization aspect of this process, right? So you're selecting the right chart to answer those specific data questions. And you're using visual best practices such as reducing clutter and use of color to make sure that you're visually representing um, the answers to those data questions as best as possible. And then we end up with communicating this data visualization or story to our audience and then iterating with their feedback. Nice. So it sounds like there's actually quite a bit more work to do up front than the actual visualization part. If you had to break it down percentage-wise, what would it be? It is exactly 30-70, Jürgen. <laughs> so I'm kidding. It's not exactly 30-70, but I think when I think about the process and my experience, um, I'd say about 30% of that time is spent actually visualizing the data and about 70% either cleaning or making sure we're getting the right data questions in the first place. 
Yeah, thanks for that. Those steps are really helpful. Uh, putting that into practice, though, thinking about a company that is trying to do better with data, right? Tell better stories, connect more internally with data. What are the challenges that they run up against and how, how do you actually properly get started? I think that's a very relevant and great question because a lot of the companies that I've spoken to recently, they think they're doing data visualization, right? Because they have a couple of charts, but I think they're missing some of the key points like um, visualizing data that is absolutely necessary to visualize um, things like Tableau, Click, Power BI, that makes it really easy for any individual to take any data set and create any chart and you know, publish it on a server. And then anyone in that company can end up using that data visualization. Now, I think this, this is a, a good step forward, but I think we need to do a couple of things before we can actually say that this is a success at a company. Because the first, the first problem we come across is, you know, understanding what data actually needs to be visualized, right? So it's a conversation that needs to be had with some of the stakeholders that are actually using these data dashboards and charts and getting an understanding of what are the key performance indicators or what are the numbers that really make a difference for their business or what, what helps them drive their decision-making process. And I think where we are right now is because these tools make it so easy for us to visualize anything and everything, companies have hundreds, if not more, dashboards just floating around. A lot of times they're not even updated properly because people assume, oh, this is not being used, but you know, they're published on a server where a lot of other individuals can find those dashboards and make decisions based on them. So I think, um, I forget, I think that the word for this is called a dashboard sprawl, where basically you just get so many more dashboards because it's easy to build. And I think it all begins with having that conversation with stakeholders, understanding their needs, and then actually just visualizing the must-haves, right? Having some boundaries in place, some sort of governance process where you can only visualize or you know, publish a dashboard that is actually being used, let's say by you know, over 50% of your target audience. So the tools actually provide you with something like user adoption rates where you can get those percentages. I think it's, it's becoming a lot easier for us to cross that bridge. So now we're at the point where everyone can visualize that data, but it's a matter of understanding whether or not we need to visualize that. And then also telling those stakeholders how to actually interpret the charts and graphs that we put in front of them. So I find that there's always a difference between what we say we want and what we prove that we are actually on the path towards committing to, right? Whether that is in our regular lives or in our regular jobs or whatever it is, right? And I think companies fall into that same trap. It's like, yeah, we, we want to get on top of our data. You know, we want to do more with data. We want to tell stories. And then you ask a couple of questions and you say, oh, okay, yeah, so you're serious about this stuff. It's like, yeah, you damn right we're serious about it. And then you go deeper and deeper. And sometimes you will find that well, the desire might be there, but the initial steps, like the pre-steps haven't even really been taken, right? Time hasn't been set aside. It hasn't been something folks have been intentional about. Um, and you're still actually just starting at the start line as opposed to having, having gone there. So pushing us now all the way into like, let's pretend somebody has 
said they really want to do this. They're calling you and they're saying, help us do this. You get in there, you realize, guys, you're not really ready for this. What, what happens in those scenarios? Yeah, I've actually been in those scenarios before. And it's interesting because you'll have a, a couple of champions, right? They're data viz champions who understand the benefits of data storytelling, visualizing data and dashboarding. And, you know, you, utilizing some of those tools, I actually pull insights and make data informed decisions. And that's great, right? You get a whole team around it, you educate them and you train them up on how to visualize data properly. Where we, where we see issues is a lot of executives these days will look at that dashboard once, but they won't trust it enough to actually make those data informed or data driven decisions. So I imagine that, you know, you come into companies, right? People call you up and they're saying, hey, Kate, we're really serious about this, we're ready. And then you come in and then you discover, in some cases they are, but in some, case, we're, some cases we're not, right? Like what happens if you realize that nothing's really been done to set the table for this? Yeah, absolutely. And I've experienced this firsthand where we would, you know, come into a company that is looking for data visualization and they want to use these cool new interactive dashboards with filters and drill downs and all these cool little, um, bells and whistles, right, for data visualization. And you'll have some champions and some, you know, people who are really pro this initiative. And it seems like the executives that are, you know, planning to use this are also pro the initiative because they want to be on that, you know, innovative wave of, of activity and they want to make data informed decisions. But then you'll get people who, you know, go into that dashboard that you're, you and your team have, you know, potentially spent weeks or months building and iterating and provide, you know, iterating on that feedback. And then you'll see that the user adoption is not where you expect it to be. People have clicked into the dashboard once or twice, but they don't really go there to make those decisions. They don't go there to see where they need to invest or cut back. And you start to feel, and by you, I mean the data visualization specialists or analysts, you start to feel like you've done all this for no reason, but the executives are and they're not always executives, right? They could be managers, they could be VPs or something. But those who we built this dashboard for, they have been doing their job, you know, the, the way they've been doing their job for the past 10, 15 years. And I think in their mind, they're like, well, why do I need to do things differently? And this is, this is one of the biggest issues and hurdles I've come across because this is a big time investment, right? To train up your staff, to teach them how to use these tools, how to apply visual best practices, how to actually build the dashboards, you know, cleaning that data, prepping that data, keeping this stuff updated is, is not a small task. Although it's a lot easier now with these tools and software, it still takes up a lot of time. And I think it's discouraging to people when they see this is not being used. And one way to get around this is, you know, basically keeping track and this has to come from the top. So maybe the CEO or some, you know, leader of a company can say, hey, we're watching who's checking these numbers and um, we're able to track user adoption. And if this is something that people simply don't need, it's, it's better to find this out a lot earlier in the process, right? So this is, this is where, you know, user testing comes into play because you really want to make sure that what you build is a need for your audience. And that's really the, the step one that I described early on is making sure that what you're visualizing actually is going to be used in the future. 
Yeah, on that note, I've, I've heard you talk about testing in this context before, and it's, it, it sounds obvious, but it's kind of, kind of lost on people, I think, a little bit that you wouldn't just like, oh, unveil this thing, right? Like, what's the process of testing your data visualization work? Yeah, I think it starts with very, very basic question on paper, right? Making sure that the questions you're asking of that data are the same questions that your stakeholders or end users have on their mind. So it starts that early. At that point, you know, gathering the data that answers those questions and putting the, the raw information in front of your users and saying things like, Does, do these answers match what you were thinking, right? Because you need to take them on that journey. This is how they're going to end up trusting that that data is you know, helping them make decisions because they're gonna see the underlying information that's driving those dashboards. At that point, you go into your, you know, your build mode, but don't spend too much time away. You don't wanna have that big unveiling moment. That's something um, that are saved for, I don't know, other industries, not, not for data visualization, because you don't wanna waste all of that time, unveil something that's completely useless, right? You know, every iteration, maybe every couple of days or every week, in front of your end user and let them know this is where we're going this is the direction you can what exactly are you expecting to see and really taking them on that journey so they have some say uh, into that you can incorporate their feedback as you build versus unveiling and then hearing that oh no we don't really need this and then you're like oh great i've just spent a month working on this you know is that a common problem that there is confusion at the very beginning of this around what it is that we actually need to tell data stories about? Absolutely. I think one big mistake we try to make when visualizing data is we try to serve too many different audience members, right? So let's say we're, we're in a company that has a marketing department, sales, HR, and finance. Very basic. And all those departments care very much about their own metrics. And it becomes almost something we want to do is, you know, we want to put everything in one dashboard because we have a one central place for everything. But guess what? You know, marketing doesn't really care about the HR KPIs or key performance indicators another way around. So I think one way to address this problem and this confusion that people get into of like, what exactly do we want to visualize is make sure that whatever you're building is for a specific audience that's answering a very specific question. Yeah, I really hear you on that. The, the challenge that I see though, like when it comes down to it, is that you do have a lot of things you wanna communicate, right? So how do you actually work through that with a key stakeholder or somebody who might say, well, you know, but we have all these metrics, all this stuff is important, is it, focusing somebody down to like, no, you can really only pick this if you want to be effective with this? I think you can experiment, right? Depending on how much time you have and how many resources you have, one way to really understand exactly what people will use is, let's say you build 10 different visualizations with 10 of those metrics that that individual or you know stakeholders really want to see, and then track what they're actually looking at. And I've actually done this at a company where you know, people have claimed, oh, you know, this would be really helpful. This will really change my life. If we can get those numbers in there, that would be great. And guess what? That whole team didn't click on that thing once. So I'm like, yes, this is really important to you. You never even looked at it, right? So I think if you have that time, then it's, it's, it's good to put stuff out there and test because 
you don't really pay per dashboard, right? With these tools, you can put dashboards out there. And I know this goes against what I said earlier in the interview where we have too many dashboards. So definitely take that on a case by case basis. But the other way is to really make sure, like I mentioned, that you're taking your stakeholders on a journey early on and really getting an understanding of what exactly are their business problems and what are the questions that they would like answered from the data. So I think getting that early on is just super important. And not only understand the data, but I actually understand the business problem, right? So then you can understand what else they might want to see that they didn't think of and, and provide that in there. Got it. Back to that point about could be too many dashboards. You could also have the situation where data is too hidden, right? That only a few people have access to it and you haven't gotten to that point yet. So you're, you know, people get passionate about data, democratization, et cetera. So I guess there's a couple of ends to that spectrum as it is with everything, but what, what is your thinking around data democratization right now? Where are we on the curve there overall? And what needs to happen? Yeah, so data democratization, you know, for those not familiar with it, the best way to describe that is it's data for all, right? So basically all data for everyone. And I think there are some issues that come up when we're talking about data democratization because though optimistically it sounds really great that any person in the organization can get their hands on any data and analyze it i think we're not quite there yet because of the lack of data literacy and understanding of how that data is structured how that data is going to be used by whom you know there are restrictions on types of data i think we're actually moving slightly away from data democratization with things like gdpr and ccpa rules coming out um, and I think New York is coming up with something similar to those data privacy rules where you're not going to be able to access just any data, you know, by anyone. But I think the idea of it is a good idea where we need to empower, you know, the public to be able to see some of the publicly available data. And it, it's all about making sure that as we increase data democratization and provide data for all, data literacy has to come with us on that journey and make sure that people are actually understanding how to read basic bar, bar charts and pie charts and line graphs. Unfortunately, we are not there yet. And I think it's going to be a, a quite a long journey for the general public. I think the people who are familiar with data obviously have a you know, higher level of data literacy and don't have the same issues. But even those working in you know, corporate environments who have not worked with you know statistics or charts do have a hard time understanding and can actually be mis misled by some of those charts and graphs that are put in front of them so data democratization great but we need data literacy who is ultimately responsible for improving data literacy is it all of us as individuals or is it organizations that will rely on their people being able to get value out of data is it a shared responsibility? How does that get handled over these next few years, do you think? I think it is, it starts with a company for, you know, if you want to improve data literacy within your own company, I think you've got to put some resources behind that, you know, provide training, provide workshops, and it doesn't, it's not, it's not really as intensive. You don't have to have machine learning experts and making this a part of your, you know, company's 
um, mission, vision, whatever, making sure that your employees are data literate and making sure that they understand that you value the fact that they're investing in their and becoming data literate. On the flip side, I think you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? So you'll have the individuals who say, oh, great, free training, I don't need that. And I think at that point, it becomes the individual's responsibility to really take hold of that and educate themselves because data literacy is not just about work. It's about looking at charts and graphs on the news or on social media. And I've seen and can share some pretty, pretty crazy examples of where data visualization was used to truly mislead the population in terms of, you know, either COVID numbers or um, in politics where they use, you know, pie charts and bar charts in ways that are, are not visually um, appropriate, I would say. So I think it's, it's, it's important for all of us to become data literate and care about this ourselves, but also the, the companies can do their part. So you've obviously worked with a lot of different people, a lot of different companies on data. Have you seen any um, examples of some companies really getting it right where data was used and visualized and surfaced to the right people in the right way and it actually made made a difference in in their work right they felt that they either more um, better understood their work or how the work was contributing or they better understood the business like can you give me a couple of the really really positive examples as highlights of what you've seen feel free to mention companies or not um, just curious to see how, how that works when it really works. Yes, um, when it works well, it really works. So I've seen a couple of examples. One I'll tell you, it was um, a survey of basically picture unstructured data where we used some uh, natural language processing to get a sense of what the survey respondents were talking about. And I can't talk too much about the actual project, but what I can tell you is there were over 1,200 or so free text responses that were a few paragraphs long. And we were able to basically use technology and data analytics to quickly bucket all of those responses and get a sense of what the clients of that organization were thinking. So I think that was really, really powerful because it allowed the company that I was working with at the time to really focus in on those issues that their clients were thinking about. The other example I wanted to mention was simply running your business, right? Where I've seen this work really, really well is spotting outliers in terms of income and expenses, right? Just something that you can't really pick out from just staring at raw databases or Excel files. Once you put all of that data together and visualize it properly, we're able to basically crack down on a few people who have been spending a lot of money on things they should not have been spending on, like company money. And this is something that we probably, again, could have found if we were scrolling through slowly all of that data. But again, data made it so much easier for us because, yeah, seeing that number by itself tells us a story, but seeing that number in comparison to everyone else's expense numbers was really easy for us to say, oh, wow, what did this person just buy here? And you know, really go in and, and try to investigate into that issue. So data visualization is very powerful. I stand behind it. 
So as we're talking about data stories here, your story is pretty interesting too. Can you share how you ended up this deep into data, data visualization and data stories? Yes, it's, um, I'll, I'll give you the short version of the story. So I was working in risk management and regulatory compliance for financial services institutions. And I was about to have my first child and was looking for an internal role that kept me working remotely. This is way before COVID made everybody work remotely. So this was the cool thing to do. Now it's the normal thing to do that everyone's probably sick of at this point. So the company basically provided me with a lot of data sources and they gave me Tableau, which is a data visualization software. And that was my first time ever visualizing data. And from the moment I made my first chart, I literally fell in love with data visualization. Now for me, it became quite an obsession. I even had that as a title on my LinkedIn for a couple of years. It was obsessed with data science or obsessed with data visualization, something like that. Because it truly was an obsession. I went down to you know, learning about all the data visualization software, uh, any new data vis software as it comes out, because I simply love the idea of taking data across, you know, various data sources and databases and putting together a story typically on one page. The part I fell in love with even more is applying visual best practices to those data visualizations and dashboards that can take the data vis from just looking okay to looking truly amazing and really telling that data story. Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Listen, I know we're coming up on time here. I just wanted to say thank you so much. We know that you have a ton going on uh, with your own conference and uh, with all the work that you do. There's, there's so much happening right now. So thank you very, very much for spending time with us and sharing all that valuable stuff. It was, it was amazing. Thank you, Kate. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It's my sincere hope you found something you can apply towards greater connection in your work life. If so, an honest review would certainly be welcomed. Reboot for Connection is brought to you by ScreenCloud. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we'd be honored if you subscribe to this one. You may also email us at reboot at screencloud.com with any reactions or ideas you might have for us. Hope to catch you again next time.